Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Luke. You're going to find these to be familiar words. I invite you to listen with fresh ears and open hearts. The scripture according to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just want to let you know this morning service is a bit of an abbreviated uh, service. Uh, the message will be a little shorter also. Kind of reminds me of the story about the pastor who stood before his congregation. He had a bandage on his face and he said, I just want to let you know this morning I was thinking about the, the sermon and I cut myself shaving. And so after the service, after a rather lengthy uh, sermon, somebody said to him, I wish you had thought about the shaving and cut the sermon. You know. <laughs> So I'll be cutting a little bit of the sermon uh, from usual today. Let us, let us pray. Great God, may your spirit abound among us. And may you bring us the Christmas hope and Christmas joy, uh, strength and fortitude that we can have to be your people. We pray. Amen. So tomorrow, all across America, you are going to have some highly intense kids searching for gifts under that Christmas tree. They want to know what he has delivered to them in the darkness of night. There will be countless little hearts beating rapidly as they approach the Christmas tree with a stack of gifts beneath for pre-adolescent children and, let's face it, also adolescent children. Santa's annual distribution presents one of the highlights of the year, if not the highlight of the year. But for those of us who are gathered here to celebrate the gift of God's self to the world, the birth of the Savior, we pause this morning to consider whether Santa has become too much a part of that jolly old man with the red suit with a great big bag of goodies. Has Santa become disconnected from his roots? I would suggest It has. We've lost touch with the great Christian saint. His name was Saint Nicholas, whose goodness and generosity was the beginning of the Santa tradition. This is Saint Nicholas. He lived way back in the fourth century. And not only was he a dedicated Christian who devoted his life to generosity in the name of the gospel, is that people thought so highly of his life of generosity that uh, eventually the church made him a bishop. 
And out of that, he was able to organize incredible ministries of service to orphan children and destitute families. And yet, this devoted servant of the Lord, his image evolved from this to this. It's not only happened in the United States. There's plenty of evidence that it's happened in places across the world that Santa Claus has pretty much superseded St. Nick. And it's happened in even the last place that you would expect it to happen, and that was the hometown of St. Nicholas in Turkey. Demri is the name of that town. And it was in that Turkish town back in the 4th century that this Christian bishop, Nicholas, he lived that life of faith in that town and performed these impressive number of good works in the name of Jesus. And he became a patron saint of that particular town in Turkey. And he became the patron saint of sailors and woodworkers and small children and Russians. And so Russian tourists, they would go to this, this rather modest town in Turkey so that they could behold uh, and pay tribute to this patron saint. A Russian sculptor donated a beautiful bronze statue of St. Nicholas to be displayed in the middle of town. And that's what it looked like. And he paid special attention to detail in identifying him as the Russian Orthodox Bishop, All that you see on that statue has religious significance. But on February 3rd, 2005, the city council in that Turkish town decided they no longer wanted this statue in the public square, and they voted unanimously to erect a statue of this guy instead. A plaster of Paris image of the jolly old man in the red suit. The elegant bronze statue was removed. And so even in St. Nicholas's own town, Santa now rules. Although I think he looks a little out of place, uh, you know, uh, wearing his winter gear in some, you know, sweltering Mediterranean town. Some were upset about this replacement, but the mayor of the town said, this is the one everybody knows. He figured that the Santa statue was a better fit for business during the Christmas, Christmas season. And so the images of the regular Santa now appear on the stone archway of this town. St. Nicholas is out, and Santa Claus is in. Now, there's nothing that we can do to reverse the actions of a city council, But we can, on this day before Christmas, make sure that we don't do the same thing. You know, we can turn our attention to the first Saint Nick and and to the Christ child who he worshipped. Nicholas was not a jolly old elf in a wintry red suit. He was a passionate follower of Jesus and a bishop of a church. And the gifts that Nicholas gives us today have nothing to do with Santa Claus's bag of toys. It is from Nicholas and the Savior that he served that we can discover two things. One is God's glory, and the other is God's grace. 
Now, in the eyes of the world, glory is often associated with a high point of human achievement, enjoyment, prosperity. You know, we speak of uh, glorious accomplishments, glorious vacations, glorious dream homes. But in the eyes of God, glory is associated with the birth of Jesus born in a barn. A little baby born to be our Messiah and our Lord. On that first Christmas day, the heavenly glory did not go to Caesar Augustus, the emperor of Rome. Instead, it went to this newborn king named Jesus, the source of peace which passes understanding. Mm -hmm. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Those are the words that the angels of the Lord spoke to the shepherds of Bethlehem. The greatest honor and praise and distinction of all time goes to this child. The one who would never achieve, you know, material prosperity or a life of leisure or any of the marks of worldly accomplishment. Instead, he is given glory because he will grow up to become the servant leader the Savior of the world. Jesus would say in his life he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was the life that Jesus lived, and St. Nicholas followed in his footsteps by becoming a servant leader himself. Nicholas wanted to show the world, as Jesus did, what true glory is. He was born, that is, Nicholas was. Nicholas was born actually to wealthy parents. And he was in line to enjoy a life of prosperity and achievement. But he heard the words from Jesus when Jesus said, Sell all that you own and distribute it to the poor. And he took that as a very personal calling for himself. This may not be the calling for everyone, but it was something that that Nicholas firmly believed the Spirit of God was putting upon him. And so throughout his life, he shunned the wealth and prosperity, which was his, to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering. And children were often the recipients of his generosity. On at least three occasions, he gave bags of gold to poor girls who needed dowries, and by doing this, he saved them from being sold into slavery. His generosity and sacrificial spirit caught the attention of other church leaders at that time, and so uh, a ministry of service was able to, to occur. All because Nicholas demonstrated that life, that selfless life, of service and his reputation for helping those who were vulnerable and needy spread throughout the region. His compassion and generosity for doing whatever he could could to protect those who were in danger, especially children. Maybe today, this day before Christmas, is a good time to do a glory check. We need to ask ourselves, where are we finding glory in our lives? How are we defining that glory? How do we apply it? Is it in our achievements, our prosperity, our enjoyment of our possessions? 
or is it to the vulnerable of the world in our service to the sick and the suffering and the poor all around us? With the gift of Jesus, we can say glory to God in the highest because he was willing to stoop to the lowest. True glory, where is it found? It is found in the opportunities that we have given to us to love our neighbors and show generosity. St. Nicholas and Jesus, they are the ones. They teach us the true meaning of what glory is. But more than this, they open our eyes to what the grace of God is. One of the joys of Christmas is that time of gift-giving, a positive thing that, you know, you can give to people at a special time. And it was on this first Christmas, of course, we commemorate the greatest gift of all, and that's Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Because God, God loves us. He gave us his son as a free, undeserved gift. That's what grace is. Gift, undeserving. Grace is sometimes defined as a gift of God's own self. And that definition certainly fits God's generosity at Christmas when he gives us the greatest gift of all. This is the gift that brings God right into the heart of human life. A gift that saves us and connects us to our Lord, a gift of God's own self. And so Nicholas remains the model for people who want to live a life of compassion after the example of Jesus. And this is something Santa Claus just can't do. It may be true that much of the world, including our country, has for the most part forgotten this old great saint, But his spirit is alive and well with those who seek the true glory of God and the glory of his grace. So I'd like to think that we who are gathered here this morning are at least attempting to keep that image of St. Nicholas at the center of Christmas. He points to the gift of the great Christ child to the glory and grace that that birth reveals. And he reminds us that the spirit of Christmas is one of generosity and one of compassionate Christian service. And it's not just once a year, but year-round. It's true that it may not be possible to beautifully wrap and place such things under a tree, but acts of sacrificial love do bring transforming power of hope and joy into people's lives. That's something presence under the tree just can't do. Amen and amen. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think, to him be the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen and amen.